Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, hello, guys. Um, apparently, uh, we should be live already. And uh, if you see, uh, like, if it seems for you like I just walked out of the shower, it's actually true. So, you know, I decided to uh, come clean for this uh, <laughs> for this show, and I'm gonna come clean on some other things. No, no, I guess it's just gonna be that one meaning of come clean. Anyway, what what am I even talking about? <laughs> Uh, let's just uh, let's just get down to business. We are meeting with Mario for the ATP Weekly Show, which you, as I think you already know by now, it's usually on Sundays. But this time we're meeting on a Saturday. That's mostly because I couldn't do Sunday. But actually, I think it's pretty good for us, right? Because we have already finished the second. Yeah. Well, we have already finished that second uh, round of ATP Madrid, so it's more or less uniform in terms of who is in which round and etc. So maybe Mario, I will ask you that ask you that question first. We have already seen a few days of this event, uh, both on the women's side and men's side. Of course, here we are only focusing on the men's. But uh, what what's sort of your uh, you know first hand experience about this event now being uh, 1.5 weeks, two weeks? Because I've seen a lot of criticisms about it again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I've been used to tweeting the years with Indian Wells and Miami talking about Masters events. Um, Yes, of course, some people can prefer the one-week format and other people can prefer the two weeks. Um, It it depends on your your tastes, in my opinion, because one thing I like a lot about these two weeks Masters is that um, more players can have uh, an opportunity um, and also we are um, we are also watching a lot of players uh, lower ranked players who are who are already used to the conditions who have played matches uh, um, who can create some some kind of issues to uh, to the seeded players and to uh, and we can watch some some good uh, second round matches already um but also i can understand that for some other people maybe the one week master is better because you can or 
you can watch since the beginning some match between two higher ranked player i mean mm, talking about uh, for example number 8 against number 25 uh, something like that while uh, in in this event you have to wait a little bit um also if you are maybe a fan of that certain player you have like one day you can watch him and one day you uh, it's not because uh, at least at the beginning of the event you have the um, the day off um but i personally i i don't mind it uh, because i i like um to have a bigger draw uh, i like to see uh, more players involved in masters events um talking about qualifying uh, uh, also um there i think probably there are also a little bit of of wild cards more uh, a couple wild cards more probably because the the draw is bigger i i don't really know about this but um and also a, a direct entry for for ball players who can who can mean a lot in terms of money and in terms of uh, of other things you know of experience on on big stages and I I have to say that I don't mind it of course um, it also depends on how um, how you like to to follow to follow tennis and tournaments because for example. It's not like that in the first week of this event, tennis stops, uh, as some casual fans can 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 say. So, uh, for me, it's okay, uh, I have to say. Yeah, I, I think I've already spoken about it a few times here. And, like, um, of course, yeah, I also don't really see the problem personally. I can understand how it is for some people, though. And it probably doesn't really help in terms of, like, growing the game. You know, as as a like total casual fan who's not yet into tennis, you're probably not gonna be glued to the screen on Saturday or Friday on on of one of these events, and um, maybe maybe that's a bit of a drawback. But anyway, let's let's get down to the tennis then. Um, maybe you know, I, I just open up the draw, and at, at the top of the screen is Carlos Alcaraz, of course, the main favorite for Madrid, which I think we both agreed on either last well, last week. I think you weren't here, but you know, at some point we definitely both agreed on. Uh, agreed on the fact that Carlos Alcaraz was going to be the main favorite here, and he had a really tough time with any with any of worry in the second round. What did you What did you think of that, and how does it also reflect on Alcaraz's chances in the event going forward? Nothing, to be honest, in my opinion, um, it doesn't affect my opinion on his chances in this event. Uh, of course, he's he's been. I won't say close to the defeat, but at some point it's been 2-6, 2-3 and 15-40, so not so far away. But um, he had a tough test to start uh, because Rusuwori is probably one of, not probably, he's one of the toughest uh, players to face among the non-seeded uh, ones. Um, and also um, a player who's whose tennis can probably create some some issues here and there to to Alcaraz one i know that uh, some people like to uh, to compare Rusuwori to to Sinner in terms of the kind of tennis they they like to play um, i don't know if i can agree but i can understand why people um 
are are choosing that comparison um so it was not an easy one um and i think also that uh, the reaction he showed at some point of the match um i'd say they probably gives gives me even more faith in him even if the first part of the match was not um played well as he as he can play but um, i mean we are used to to some players sometimes struggling in in opening rounds and uh, we've seen a lot of it even with uh, with players who've who've already made uh, history in our sport so um, i have to say that i i'm not so so right in uh, thinking that um, Rusuori is is a good player to to start a 96 throw uh, masters so um, also coming from barcelona probably um it was not so easy to to adapt so fast uh, and also we can't expect them to win every match like 6261 so um i mean i i'm very okay with uh, with him and uh, his chances to to win the event i i still of course consider him the main favorite yeah, to me it also doesn't change that much. I mean, to an extent we knew that he was going for Noble in these, uh, you know, altitude, almost in the rich conditions in Madrid than he was in Barcelona. Uh, maybe I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be Rusevori doing that, but like, you know, just someone, someone in the event could potentially do exactly what Emil did. So come out, crush the return, uh, crush every ball basically for a set and a half. And then, uh, yeah, put put enough pressure on Ankaras in faster conditions so that he cannot really, you know, cannot execute his game, cannot perform. I think the reaction from Alcaraz, not in terms of like how he reacted, you know, body language or something, but just the reaction game-wise at first was pretty tragic. Like he was just trying to he finish every single ball in a in a single shot. The, you know, despite you would think that usually the game plan there would be to maybe make Rusevori play a bit, make him move laterally. Uh, he didn't really do that. But of course, eventually, as you said, there was that game 2-6, two, 2-3, two, five break points, and they were just insane. When he was under pressure, everything suddenly worked. You know, he was... Um, he, the, the serve that for the, for the first set and a half wasn't giving him anything suddenly was setting him up for some easy plus one winners and they weren't even even that easy uh, like the um the, the backhand down the line that he hit i think that was the third break point was just um you know it, it's not a high it's not a high percentage shot so these plus one shots that the serve was giving him weren't even that easy but he was taking them he took that half volley at 30 40 which was just insane uh, of course Rusevori ended up getting to it but you know, he couldn't really play anything from that position anymore and I guess that's also kind of what makes champions, you know, be champions. Yeah. The fact that when it's not working well, when uh, you actually have to like save yourself from a pretty dire situation, you suddenly start playing better. And of course, since then, it was just um, straight up, you know, free roll until the end. Um, I guess uh, by the time uh, Carlos broke, I think it was the next game already, right? At free all, I yeah, think he broke. Yeah, the next game. And, um, yeah, by the, by that time it was already like I've seen this movie before. Rusevori yeah. comes close to a top player, even um, on a on a much smaller scale. But this year in Rotterdam, when he played Tsitsipas, right, he was up a break five three, uh, loses the break, and then you know that the match is done. 
and it mm. was here it was the exact same you know carlos breaks at free all and you just know that the match is over which is a bit of a an issue with Rusevori, i guess and why he hasn't been able to like fully break through let's say into these seeded positions but yeah for me it also doesn't really change that much i do think that his draw is also not that tough you know he plays dimitrov then grenier or zverev um, in the in the quarters, potentially yeah. Kachanov, Bautista, Gut, Nishioka, Rublev. The, these are good play, good players, of course, but they aren't like they don't have that sort of an insane upside that I think could really trouble Alcaraz. Maybe Zverev, of course, he beat him at Rangaros last year, but you know he's not fully back to his best. So so yeah, for me, it also doesn't really change anything. And I think you're you're also very right with the fact that um, yeah, just playing his first match in Madrid after Barcelona. It could be tough. It's not as swift as you could, for example. It's not as smooth as on the women's side when you have Stuttgart into Madrid and it feels like it's just very much the same conditions mm. or, let's say, pretty similar. Um, of course, it's not really indoors here, but, you know, pr- pretty similar, let's say. And and Barcelona-Madrid, definitely a bigger jump. So, so yeah, I totally get it. And also don't really... Um, it doesn't influence what I think about um, Alcaraz's chances here. Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about the draw, I at first I thought that if Alcaraz could have had a bad day, probably Rublev can could have been a threat. But I don't know with the altitude, to be honest. I think that um, uh, the altitude can make Rublev uh, a bit less dangerous in in this matchup. Uh, then of course I I I don't know one hundred percent because I, I I haven't watched and but uh, um, yeah I thought that uh, he can uh, he can lose control a little bit more uh, than he he does on clay like Monte Carlo and uh, or he can do in Rome clay talking about Rublev so I yeah I can agree that the draw is not that difficult probably as it can appear because uh, at first you can you can read Dimitrov you can read Zverev Rublev uh, um, and you can think but probably it's uh, it's not that tough uh, as I yeah, think that it, I, I guess a fair point would be like what is tough then right if if we don't consider this draw tough then what is tough and no yeah you're right but of country... course yeah, it's it's not it's not a cakewalk, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, I was a little bit too like I I, I just um, maybe maybe I wasn't you know I didn't phrase it well enough. It's it's not that easy for most players. No, no, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course we are talking about uh, of course Alcaraz's qualities and um, the fact that he already showed that, for example, his serve can be a great weapon in uh, in Madrid. Uh, like it, it was, for example, last year uh, in the match against Djokovic. Um, I'm thinking about all these things. Of course, it's it's not an easy draw, that's for sure. But probably also some uh, some factors uh, like uh, the conditions and the form of the players, uh, because, for example, Zverev uh, historically plays really good in in Madrid, but. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, probably the three hours and a half he spent on court yesterday can can in some way help him. 
because it's not always about tiring and sometimes spending time on court can can help you a little bit but usually it's very is a player who who is able to perform really well in Madrid is two times champion and one was in the final last year too so mm. Yeah, always in the quarterfinals. Five, five editions he played always in the quarterfinals. Yeah, it, um, it can for was, sure be an uh-huh. interesting test for uh, for Alcaraz. That's for sure, regardless of the uh, of the form and all the things you have to to beat Zverev. Uh, I mean, it's it's mm, uh, yesterday's performance in the first set and the half. The match is finished, uh, probably. So. Mm, Possible, possible. Um, Ghosty, uh, Ghosty was saying something about Zverev's upside. Is that great? You think, Damian? I mean, I don't think anyone can really disagree that you know the guy has an incredible peak level. How often does he uh, actually touch it? You know that that's a bit of a different story, I guess, especially with how um, rarely he trusts his forehand enough. But yeah, as Mario said, uh, Zverev has just been an insane player in Madrid. Basically, any time he showed up. 2017 quarters, 2018 he won it, 2019 quarters, 2021 he won it, and 2022, of course, the final. He was crushed by Alcaraz in that final, but then beat him at Ron Garros. I, if, if it was last year, you know, I, if it was last year's Zverev, who I really think had a very good chance, if not for the ankle, to win the French, um, I, I would be saying that this is a tricky one for Alcaraz, definitely, especially in, in um, you know, Zverev liking these conditions so much. But right now, you still kind of have to, uh, well, see it to believe it, uh, I guess. And but but we are probably getting that much that at least we know, right? Because well, Alcaraz is a massive favorite against Dimitrov, and so is Zverev against Grenier, who um, who kind of lucked out into this run, let's say. But um, maybe let's get over to another section, which I think. Um, the, the the sort of yeah. the third one, the third eighth is is really interesting where we lost all the seeds because we lost uh, Karenio Busta who withdrew like, just a day before I think he was due to play and also we lost Rude Griekspor and Musetti. Uh, Griekspor I guess is is just you know a little less less relevant. We um, mm. we talked about on some shows about his ankle and like the fact that he's delaying the surgery and apparently he was. Um, he was struggling with it more in the Munar match, and that's why he retired. Uh, but Mario, what did you think about the uh, Rude and Musetti losses? Uh, how, which one maybe was more surprising? You know, what do you think this this means for the event as well? Even if he's not playing well right now, I still think that uh, Rude's loss is probably a little bit more surprising because um, I I've never seen Musetti doing nice things in Madrid so far, so. Probably it's also a bit of a struggle to uh, to adapt to to these courts, and uh, it it wasn't uh, that easy as a match. Um, I mean, I I could have thought uh, um, of an up before uh, before the tournament. Casper um, is not playing well right now, but the match was, I think, shocking to be honest. Because I I watched it really well. I'm not talking about the score and all these things because I don't care a lot. Um, I'm just talking about the the way he 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 didn't react to 
to the difficult uh, pu uh, put in in front of him by uh, a good Arnaldi because he played a really a really good match. He made 35 winners, uh, 13 first there, so it's very good rate. He played a really good match, but um, especially in the first part of the second set, it's been an error fest. Um, and then he started to 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 play even more defensive tennis, and yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not even talking about the the pedigree uh, which which Gosti is talking about in in the comment. I'm I'm just talking about the the way he literally didn't react uh, at anything uh, during the match. Um, and it's maybe you can you can lose that one seven six in the third you can lose that one in straight sets too, but uh, I don't know the the body language everything everything was totally off and um, bad to see. Yeah, I mean Arnaldi was definitely crushing his forehand. That much is that you know undeniable. Um, this is something that also he hasn't really had most of his career, right? Like. Last year, maybe when he was emerging onto the tour, he was known a bit of a as a bit of a defense specialist. Mm. He wasn't always this comfortable, um, just blasting the ball. And th right now, he is great match from him, hundred um, percent. We're not sure if he if it's a top one hundred debut yet. Like one more win would probably secure it, but of course, not having the rankings after the first week of Madrid makes it kind of tricky. And there's still a lot of players who can um, overtake him next week. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the the beginning of the second set you mentioned seventeen was it consecutive 17, points? That, seventeen, that, that considering lost. also the end of the of the first set. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the end of the first set. Yeah, and and he was like half tanking most of them, as he said. He was just uh, for a moment. He was just absolutely trying to blast every forehand into oblivion. Exactly. And then he and then he goes back behind the baseline five meters. And tries to um, win like that. So it, it was definitely a very weird mental effort from Rude. Um, this year, anytime we you know, start thinking that maybe he's getting back, he's getting like being closer to his best, because I don't think even the losses to Struf or Serundal already were really worrying, right? Uh, yeah. Both players with some um, very high upsides when they are hitting well, and they definitely were on the day. Of course, he won Estoril playing quite over, quite all right as well. So, um, you know, it, they weren't really worrying. This one was, for sure. Uh, I'm not saying Madrid is also, like, the best event for him or something, but he made the semis in 2021. And, of course, if you're Casper Ruud and, you know, it's the clay season, you kind of have to look for points right now. And, um, well, yeah, indeed, I mean, right? last, <laughs> year, last year he didn't do well in, in at the beginning of the clay season, but... Yeah. We had the the Madrid the, the Miami final, so it was a total different background to uh, to analyze his mm, disappointing results of the beginning of the clay season because the the first good result came I think in Rome, uh, but uh, given that he didn't perform in in a hard court the first part of the season uh, yeah it's it's totally bad also because of the match in general what we saw yesterday uh, by him so yeah, yeah. something interesting uh, and it's that an opportunity mm -hmm. it's an opportunity because uh, totally different conditions but uh, arnaldi beat munar last week 
in uh, in Barcelona. Um, but it, it it's also an opportunity for Munar and for all the players involved in the, yeah. in that spot of the draw to make a Masters quarterfinal. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. The the section is very even. We have a couple of these where, um, yeah, there's just you know the opportunity is there for everyone, um, basically, and and it's hard to say who's gonna take it. But yeah, you mentioned that uh, Ruud lost to Lajovic in the uh, in the second round at Madrid last year, which I guess is sort of the silver lining for Ruud fans or you know Ruud enjoyers right now. That last year he also didn't do anything in Madrid. And then uh, went on to reach the semis in Rome, won Geneva. Also struggling with like João Souza, right? So he wasn't really yeah in the final. Right? Yeah, so so he was. It, it's not. I guess it was so like Souza was actually playing pretty well right? back then. Also had that insane five setter with Tseng at the French, but still like that's maybe the takeaway for for Ruud here that he doesn't necessarily need to do well in Madrid to go to Rome. Uh, and the French Open and and produce something better, but as you said, it was a bit of a different scenario with him just not doing anything since the beginning of the year uh, this this time. Uh, well, other than the Estoril title, but you know, at at the stage of the of his career, uh, the two fifties sort of start stop mattering at some point. They they it it did matter because of course it gave him it gave him a lot of rhythm, it gave him a lot of confidence. Well, apparently not enough, but still they they you know it, it's not really what we're thinking of and it's not really where his ambitions lie probably and i would totally agree with the um, musetti sort of bit where um i actually totally thought that hanfman was gonna beat him uh hanfman is just one of these most classic fast clay enjoyers right he made his he made two atp tour finals both at slight altitude gstaad kitzbühel so um this was definitely one of the matches that just looked like trouble from the very beginning and, uh, well, I guess it's just natural for Musetti to maybe be a little uh, weaker in Madrid, given the fact that you can just rush him more effectively. He still made mm. the third round, right, last year. So it wasn't, uh, it's not like he cannot win yeah. matches. But if he runs into someone like Hanfman, you know he's going to have a tough yeah, workout. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky yeah. also. Hanfman uh, is an informed player right now. So um, it, it could have been tough and it's been... Really tough. <laughs> he lost. So yeah, but uh, uh, still, I think that we we are watching something from Musetti that probably two or three weeks ago uh, we wouldn't have expecting coming uh, so fast because it, he he comes from two two nice weeks in Monte Carlo and Barcelona. So it's um... okay. Yeah, Mahaj beat Sock in Houston this year, Ghosty. Yeah. Uh, Huntman did play in Houston, though, so maybe maybe you're confusing him uh, there with some other match. Anyway, um, a little lower down in the draw, there, there's this section with Hurkacz and Runa as the higher seats, and they both had uh, a couple of very tough matches, so maybe we could talk about something there. Of course, Runa saving a match point against Bublik in a crazy tiebreaker, and also Hurkacz coming back from 2-5 down in the third against Richard Gasquet. Yeah, Urkash doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Never. Uh, I especially when he is playing on no, I mean everything. I I just expect a a, a hard fought battle, <laughs> uh, at least in a lot of cases. And uh, yeah, he's been really really close to the to the defeat because when you're two five down 
also against uh, a very experienced player like Gasquet, it's, it can become really, really uh, difficult to to come back. But uh, he closed winning the last five games. He he saved his fans from um, from a deciding set tiebreak. Um, yeah, I um, I don't know what to take away even because I think that he's still. Um, I mean, I consider in that uh, small section we you mentioned, I still consider Rune the big favorite, even in a in a match against him. Uh, I mean, probably um, the Madrid clay can help can help who catch a little bit more. Um, but I still consider Rune uh, pretty much a big favorite in this uh, in this section of the draw. Even if we we saw that after uh, a first set uh, in which he he was all business against Bublik, after also a seventh game uh, which was a little bit crazy because uh, Bublik, uh, like I think he made like four straight underarms and then he 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 hit a normal serve and it was a double fault and then he lost the set again with the underarm it was pretty much i don't know if hilarious and it depends on how you uh how you enjoy tennis um and then things became uh, really really uh, tough for him because Bublik raised his level. Also, uh, he had a slow start to to the second set, and this probably helped Bublik also a little bit to to enter the match. Uh, and then we we know what happened because uh, he had also to save a match point in his last match as a teenager. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also that uh, I think an interesting part of the draw because if they uh, if they win respective matches, uh, um, Rune and Urkac can face each other in round four, and I mean you you have to beat him uh, still still you have to beat him like two or three times um, if you want to to progress. I. Yeah, I'm interested, but I I still think that um, Rune should should progress and should have uh, at this point I would say uh, a nice shot even to to look very forward in given what what happened uh, near Casper Road in that section of the draw. Yeah, I kind of don't think Kasper Ruud would have been that much of an obstacle for him anyway if they played in the in the quarters. But of course, that kind of helps him as well. You know, if he beats Davidovich Fokina, which kind of looks like the toughest match he could play yeah. until the semis, right? Like, it's probably a little tougher than Hurkacz Cioric and it's mm. much, much tougher than Arnaldi Munar Altmaier or Hanfman. So um, definitely a nice opportunity there. Uh, I think that the, sort of the biggest takeaway was that the Munich... Um, injuries were gone. Uh, you couldn't see that shoulder yeah. issue or that ankle issue. So, um, at least in that sense, Rune was fine and, uh, yeah, survived just another crazy match. Uh, of course, um, you know, the, the tiebreaker kind of speaks for itself and uh, it, the, the, both players easily could have taken that. Uh, not an easy third round match against Davidovich Fokina, yeah, potentially. I agree. We'll see how he handles that. I actually see that he's like not as 
not as much of an overwhelming favorite as well for the bookies as I would have thought he would be at this stage of his career. That's probably related to you know his last two matches being crazy like that. Uh, and and yeah, Hurkac against Gasquet, he was two five down. Uh, I frankly thought that like I, I loved Hurkac's draw when it came out. Gasquet and Chorich, you know, yeah. it, it really shouldn't be that tough. I think. Uh, just given the fact that we are in you are we are in Madrid, and you're very right that you know historically and still the conditions in Madrid should be helping helping him. Uh, well, he was just not doing that much on the return against Gascaven, so it was really tough. And as you said, he's just engaged in so many matches like this um, this year, uh, constantly in tiebreakers. This time, actually, avoided the third set tiebreaker somehow because Gasquet lost five games in a row, but. Well, I think it was mostly the Frenchman losing his mind a little bit, but you know, also some forward instincts from from Hurkacz going to the net a bit more when it mattered. So that's always um, why do the bookies matter? As is ghosty, like it's just um, it's just a percentage chance of winning the match, right? According to well, some people who do this um, on a daily basis and like algorithms and etc. So yeah. Um, you know, it's just interesting to compare with with sort of what I think, and I think that the um, well, the odds on Runa not being as um, quite as um, well, not giving him as much of a chance as you think, is mostly related to yeah, his last two matches being simply crazy. Yeah, for sure, um, it's a, for sure it's a test uh, tomorrow for for Runa because uh, I mean he he's facing a, a solid player who can hit the ball really well when he's on when he's on uh, he's not that much of consistent yet but uh, uh, I yeah I can I can see him creating some some troubles if he if he's in a, in a good day so. Mm. I mean, I think that it can be a test for him to and for us to understand how how much he can uh, he can look forward uh, in this draw. Yeah, I don't know if Quant's um, ghosty, but there are people who do this as a job, and you know they, they're, they're usually actually quite good at it. And of course, uh, all the bookies like look at each other's lines, right? So it, it's really like you know it, it's really gonna be in most cases an accurate description of how. Um, how favored someone is to win a match. Of course, then you either agree with it or you don't. Um, for example, uh, that's just going to be a quick, quick one from the WTA side. But for example, today, Mirante Eva was the, fa- the big favorite. Oh, maybe not the big favorite, but like a, a decent favorite over Magdalinette, right? As an Australian Open semi-finalist against a, well, 16-year-old now, but 16-year-old today. And yet, Andreeva was the favorite, you know? And, and I guess, in a way, they were right, right? So... Um, no, I I just find it pretty interesting, you know, to compare. Yeah, I mean, um, also with, sometimes with my you opinions. can you can recognize that uh, a player is a slight favorite or something to win a match, but you can have another opinion about the outcome of the match. Uh, for example, I can, I mean, I I'm I'm taking this as an as an example. I can I can say that I think that Barrer can win the match against Verev, but I'm not telling you that. Uh, that Zverev is not the favorite to win the match. Mm. Yeah, the broader implication is that Vegas is where the real tennis knowledge is. <laughs> well, apparently the bookies are always right, right? That's what that's what every gambler will tell you, I guess. That 
um, that um, he he thinks that he is finally going. He finally found something, found some odds that you know they're clearly wrong. They're clearly wrong. Uh, I'm gonna uh, just have. I'm ju- I'm gonna use that value and win some money, and then they lose. That that's how gambling works, right? The house always wins. Anyway, let's leave gambling out of it for now. Uh, we talked about the top half of the draw. There's this uh, fine section here as well, where if Thomas Martin Echeverry beat Francis Tiafoe today, then we would have had some. Um, you know, it, it would have been just as open as that Ruth Musetti one. As it stands right now, we have Lajovic and Struff and Kachin and Tiafoe. So I guess the most, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing we should talk about here is the loss of Felix Ogeriasin today to Dusan Lajovic. Yeah, even if I I think that right now Lajovic and Struff could have been seeded players in this draw, <laughs> talking about form and confidence and level of tennis they are showing. So, um, for example, I I see that the the Struff Lajovic match can be really interesting to watch if they can can bring on the level they they are showing right now. I think that for Felix after uh, a very very rough start. Uh, hasn't been that tragic as a match to considering that he he's came back after a little bit of an injury he was playing a, a very informed player and I mean he's double faulting a lot um, he's made a lot of yeah avoidable mistakes even in some parts of the match but uh, I have to say that at some point in the first set, I was thinking about, oh my God, uh, probably this is going to be to be really bad. And no, it hasn't been so bad. Um, like I started thinking. So, I mean, he played he played well in Rome last year. I think that he has still time to to improve and to. And to do some some nice things in in the next weeks. I uh, I mean for sure point of the loss, uh, but he hasn't looked that bad uh, in my opinion. All things considering. Yeah, interesting question from Adam there. Um, do you think that? All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you think that Hood catches on a downward because he is not improving at all on the downward trend? Um, I don't know if he, like he's on a downward trend. I think very well he might like stick around to the top twenty and etc. Like he right now, I think in the ATP race is about the top around the top fifteen, which is where I would probably expect he he should remain at the end of the year. Uh, but I do think that he's not improving at all. Yeah, uh, like if you even think back to I don't know Miami two thousand twenty one, which he won. Of course, has anything really changed? about um about Hurkacz's game since I don't think so and I think like a couple of uh, months uh, into the future if his results don't improve at all he, you know especially if he like loses early at Wimbledon which should be you know the, his prime target right now let's say um if that doesn't happen I think he should start thinking maybe about um changing something you know in his coaching situation as well you know he's been working with Boynton for a lot of years now and uh, I'm not saying they haven't done some amazing things together. You know, he basically got him to where he is right now, which is like a fringe top 10 player. But, you know, since in the past couple of years, nothing has really improved in terms of the forehand. Nothing has really improved in terms of um, sort of uh, Hurkacz stepping out of his comfort zone when it's needed. Uh, he is still that, that um, 
yeah. incredibly passive in in most key moments. And I think if if as a coach Boynton is unable to combat either of those things, then maybe he should try to look for someone else, at least maybe to add someone to the team. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that he would have to fire him. Of course, you know, as usual, we don't really know that much about coaching because, um, you know, as an outsider, it's just impossible to tell what exactly is going in someone, what exactly is going on in someone's team. But um, I would say that um, it, it kind of looks like that he has become, um, you know, his progress has become very stale, and uh, he should probably try to attempt to do something to counteract it. And uh, Mario was talking about uh, Felix Ojalia Sim earlier, of course. Yeah, I, I think it was a perfectly fine match. Just a shame for him, I think, that you know that he lost uh, because um, Madrid is probably like the best clay court event for him on the tour. And um, just if he won it, I think he could have played much better in the next match. Of course, yeah. it would have been tough. It would have been Struff. Um, generally, I thought that his draw is ki pretty kind before Struff entered it <laughs> as a lucky loser, but that's mostly because I thought that, you know, after a huge event for Lajovic, maybe he's just not going to repeat that sort of emotional high as it usually happens. Um, it, of course, never, um, never actually um, came to fruition. But um, yeah, just a bit of a shame for Roger Lissim, and I'm not quite sure he's going to do that well at, at, Ro at Rome and Ronald Garros. I know he did it last year. Just think that maybe somewhat like um, like Ruth, uh, like what she said about Miami, even after um, the, the weaker Sunshine Double that the Felix had last year and like the beginning of the clay season not being perfect. I still think he had like a bit more momentum uh, going into yeah. Rome and, and the French Open. So um, that's something that I kind of, um, you know, I don't know yeah. if I'm worried about it, but like that's something that I'm that, that I see ahead of um, as a potential issue ahead of Roman Rancaros. Uh But of course, as you said, he did he did well there last year. But with how his backhand has been looking this year, I don't know. You know, and Madrid is is just so much easier for him to to hide it. And in in Rome, Paris, we'll see. I guess it will be just very vital for him right now to get an easy second round opponent in Rome or easy ish. Uh, just yeah. someone he can pull through, he can push through. Because if not, then of course he, there's still Geneva and Lyon. So, um, so maybe uh, maybe there's gonna be something there. Ghosty. No, yeah, very, I mean, very... last, mm -hmm. last year uh, his backhand was uh, was looking uh, much better for sure. Because I remember, uh, I remember even his losses. Uh, during the clay season, for example, the the quarter final he played in Rome against Djokovic, and the backhand was playing a very very good level. Uh, so yeah, mm, it can be it, yeah it can be a problem. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame that he lost today because if you if you need to play, if you need to build the momentum, of course winning uh, gives gives you the chance to to play another match, another competitive match, and of course now he should just go go to Rome and uh, try to start again uh, building this momentum. So so yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I guess you could even see that in the way he played the opening set, right? Or at least the opening five, six games. That was definitely yeah. the worst patch he had the entire match. And, um, you know, he just he just wasn't able to... Well, he recovered from it. He wasn't able to clinch the match. But, you know, essentially it's what lost him the match, sort of. But, of course, he hadn't played since, since Miami, so it was quite a long break as well. 
uh, Ghosty is very, um, is like dying to talk about Shevchenko. So let's maybe uh, change the side of the draw a little bit to the last quarter. Or it's okay because section. I really like him. So it's okay for me. <laughs> Ghosty or Shevchenko? <laughs> <laughs> Shevchenko. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, shots fired. Ghosty yeah, and, and too. That's, as um, as you said, uh, there's Shevchenko playing Medvedev in the second round. Uh, what a bizarre performance from Lehechka today. Just 40-something yeah. minutes against 45, Shevchenko. 40, games one. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I saw 44 and 46, so uh, you know, sometimes the difference... Yeah, so let's say 45. <laughs> yes, along these lines, something along these lines. Um, what do you think ahead of this one? You know, Medvedev and Clay... I guess he can always be vulnerable. And of course, there's that nice story with uh, Shevchenko and Medvedev being PlayStation buddies. And um, in 2022, if if, uh, if someone just um, doesn't know the context, in 2022, Shevchenko was brought in as a substitute for the ATP Cup yeah. uh, for Russia. And it was um, just Medvedev texting him, hey, you got into the ATP Cup. And Shevchenko was just worried, you know, how am I going to get a visa in two days? And Medvedev basically did everything for him. Uh, like he he you know he he obtained that um, the documents for him and and everything and they only knew each other from playing PlayStation together. The ATP Cup was actually the first time they met in person, and um, uh, yeah, that's just a, just a very funny story that got kind of well I don't know viral, but um, last year on Twitter when Medvedev spoke about it, it was a bit famous. Uh, then I also talked about it um, that, talked to Shevchenko about it. Um, I think in Poznan maybe last year. Uh, so just a, just a fun bit of flair to add to the match, I suppose. Do we think that there's any chance that Shevchenko is going to win? Um, not as low as people can think, probably. Mm, I I have to say that I can I can. I don't know if I can imagine him winning the match. But I can give him some chance um, to do well, in my opinion. It depends on how Medvedev step step on court. Uh, if he is going to to en- enjoy the environment and the atmosphere or not, because we know that sometimes he's I I won't say fine when play, playing on clay, but he's he accepts it. And um, suddenly the other day he doesn't accept it, um, and so I don't know. Um, it depends a lot on Medvedev. I don't know if I I don't think that he's losing this one, but I I can see Shevchenko producing a good performance and uh, and creating good moments in this match. Uh, why not? Uh, that's my opinion. I I think that he can uh, he can do something. Um, and uh, if I if you're going to ask me if I am going to watch, probably yes, because I I I will be interesting to to watch both players how both player will uh, will be like in in this match. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, enough, uh, but uh, if it will be enough, I don't know. But uh, yeah, why not is my answer. 
Yeah, um, the, the only like sort of thing that worried me about Shevchenko uh, recently was the Barcelona final. That he, uh, sorry, Barcelona final, of course not final. Uh, round two that he played against Deminor, where he won just one yeah. game, and I was sort of like, ah, uh, uh, really against like a let's say middle of the road ATP tour quality player, you do that. But um, I think eventually he'll be fine on the on, at tour level. Um, I, I spoke a lot about Shevchenko a couple of days ago on one of the Talking Tennis streams here. And um, just the fact that uh, it wouldn't really be surprising if he was... Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't really be surprising if Shevchenko became, I don't know, like a yeah, seed in, the, in, this, in these events in the future. It wouldn't really mm-hmm. be. Um, and it also wouldn't be if he just, you know, stayed in the 51 to 100 sort of ranking section and uh, and just had a career there, which I think is also, of course, a perfectly fine, um, well, a perfectly fine feat. Um, but uh, I do trust in him eventually finding his footing and at tour level and, you know, just being one. Uh, just yeah, appearing in these events for years, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how successfully. Um, definitely, the the road that he's had so far to the to the third round. I'm not counting the like in the qualifying. He he also uh, had a couple of really weird matches because he basically won three tie breaks and then one set against Serundolo, who's not great at altitude. Barrier, you know, is just a surf fest. And then he plays Wolf, for whom it his it's his second um, European clay match of of his career. Not counting juniors, and of course, also Lehechka, yeah, 45 minutes, very weird performance where sometimes yeah, he wasn't really moving that much. And, um, yeah, like I have to see what's gonna happen, but of course, with Medvedev on clay, there's always some sort of vulnerability, whether it's mostly induced by himself and his mentality, maybe, but um, it could be. It could be the case. There was also a question for another question from Adam, who, which I think you might also want to reply, and it's about Sinner losing big matches against many top players because he is it because he gets nervous due to inexperience, or is it not big match? Is he not a big match player? Like for me, it's neither of these. It's mostly the fact that he has like he, he is a bit one dimensional, and against most of these top players, it just kind of run he just kind of runs out of it. Not against Alcaraz though, apparently, because well, uh, anytime he plays Alcaraz, he's um, going toe to toe with him. But especially against someone like Medvedev, the fact that he doesn't have this sort of you know, ability to I don't know go to go to the net, uh, use the drop shot. He can try. He's been trying in in their matches. Rotterdam this year, Miami this year. But you know, anytime he hits a drop shot, it looks like it's just the first time he's ever hit in his career. Um, at least in the Miami final, that's how it looked. And um, maybe the best sort of um, contrast for this is how Alcaraz played Medvedev in Indian Wells, right? Um, how he just never really, of course, the the conditions were also worse for Daniel, but how he just never really gave him a chance, you know, serving volleying um, out wide and uh, just constantly mixing up the play, which is something that Sinner doesn't really do to an extent, or, or although on a much lesser scale, I think Rublev faces similar issues. It's just that Sinner does everything that Rublev does a bit, a tiny bit better. So he is at least, you know, that one round further usually. Of course, he still doesn't have an ATP thousand title, but Sinner has like four years on Rublev. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really nerves or not a big match player. Um, I, I think it's just against a certain quality of opposition, he might start. You know, he might need to start looking for um, some other ways to win points. Mario, no, 
No, yeah, time. I I agree. Even if um, I mean we we saw um, we saw uh, I mean um, an encouraging start of the season. Uh, even talking about at least how, for example, he played uh, the first part of the Rotterdam final. Not talking about the Alcaraz matches because I we have understood that I don't know there's something special. Probably there's mm, it's. It can happen, but uh, for example, uh, that matchup can show me also that he he can be able to step up uh, in terms of mentality in some kind of situation, just to step on court and and, and try to play a, a great match and all these things. I mean, I, I I'm liking what I'm what I'm watching this first part of. Um, of the season by him of course is fourth in the race so far i don't know if after madrid because he's not playing but uh for sure he's he he needs uh to add a little bit of um plan b or c something like that some variations some he's trying to do so and he he's trying to improve i i think that he has a, a nice team around him and um it's he's that kind of player who who I can still see him improving a little bit. Okay. Matthew says that Davidovich Fokina is gonna beat Rune. Uh, do we all agree? I don't know if we do, but we, we definitely said that it's kinda tricky and it's probably his toughest match until the semis potentially. Yeah, with, it's uh, not a breaking news. Yeah. With him then facing um, Hurkacz Cioric potentially, right? And then like um, Arnaldi, Munar, Hanfman or um, Altmaier. So yeah, I think definitely it's his toughest match until the semis. I think if if he wins tomorrow, is it tomorrow? It tomorrow, is tomorrow, yes. right? Yeah, if he wins tomorrow against Davidovich Fokina, I think he he's very, very likely to make the semis in Madrid. Um, there's another section where uh, the high seats have actually stuck around, which is Fritz and Nori. And they're facing some pretty interesting third-round opposition. So maybe I will ask a different question this time than um, compared to when we talked about other parts of the draw. Is you know are Taylor Fritz, Camnori, are they going to be in trouble in the in the third round? Um, sorry, I'm 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 fast checking <laughs> the next yeah, match. Fritz is playing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fritz ah, is playing okay, Zhang and uh... and Zhang is playing Nori. Yes, Garin beat Katsmanovic today, of course, eliminating the um... other seed, and Shapovalov and Zhang beat Shapovalov, eliminating the the other seed in the in the party. So. Uh, Garin is playing. Uh, he's playing nice tennis in lately, and. He he can do he can do well in uh, in Madrid. Uh, he already has a quarterfinal, um, and uh, yeah, I can I can I can see an upset there. Um, Fritz is playing uh, is playing well in this first part of the clay season. He had two two rough matches uh, in. Um, in um in Monte Carlo and Munich, especially in Munich, he 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 didn't play really well um, in in that match. So I don't know if uh, it's it's just because he's 
he's still trying to uh, to build his his kind of tennis on on clay and to to probably add something more to to be more uh, effective on the surface uh, while of course we know Garin is um is super much experienced on clay he 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 also has uh, some quite few few titles on clay and um i can see a, a tight match and uh, of course i i'm interested to watch um and talking about nori he's i was expecting a little uh, a little bit more uh, in this in this first part of the clay season to be honest um given what i saw from him in uh, in, in the south american swing uh, which was not playing really, really well by by Nori, but uh, in terms of uh, of the result and uh, the um, and yeah, and all the greatest showed, I I thought that he could have um, some came into play with some confidence, um, and he he had some some rough losses. Uh, even uh, the loss he, he had against Musetti, that yeah, you can you can lose to Musetti in, Bar- in Barcelona, but uh, also the way the way it came, it it wasn't that en- uh, encouraging to watch. Um, yeah, he, it's an interesting part of the draw um, because I see both players as kind of favorite to meet each other in. Um, in round uh, four, it is. Uh, but uh, they have a test. They have a test to 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 come through if they if they want to progress. And uh, um, especially Garin, because I saw him a little more in in recent times. He's playing uh, he's playing a good tennis, and he he's in totally different form um, than he was, for example, even in. The, in the South American clay swing. Yeah, Garin's form probably started around the Sunshine Double, which yeah. uh, you know, we, we've talked about it many times that he's actually not as bad a, a hard court and grass court player as, as you know as it would seem. Uh, definitely plays quite flat and he's just very good on serve and return, which um, you know helps you on the surfaces as well. Quite flat for a clay quarter, at least. That, that's what I meant. And yeah, not not too surprised that he's in the third round. Definitely, it seemed like uh, Hesler Kitsmanovic. That's a that's an opportunity he could take. I would say that on on clay, he's probably like the. You know, maybe Kitsmanovic is going to be the steadier player over the years, but uh, the upside of Karin is probably just higher. Uh, to me, he has a very fine shot at Fritz. Uh, even if the American has been making so many semifinals, quarterfinals since the start of the year, basically he missed only at the Australian Open. And still, you know, he, he is going to be slightly more vulnerable on clay. It, it maybe isn't 20% or something like that, a, a 20% edge as it was back in the day. Maybe right now it's just 5%, but it's still there. And, and someone like Garin could easily expose that. To me, it's like more or less a 50 50. Uh, that's perhaps a bit of a stretch, but. Um, yeah, Chris O'Connell even pushed uh, Fritz today, and uh, Garin should probably do the same, provided he's, uh, he yeah. shouldn't be that tired from the from the Kuzmanovic match. Uh, the comment on the screen that I had from Ghosty was because yesterday I said that um, 
or was it two days ago? I can't remember. I was on a stream here um, two days ago or yesterday, and uh, basically I gave Watanuki as my uh, upset peak for the for the round. My other <laughs> upset peak though, was Hanfan over Musetti, and no one said anything when uh, when we are doing when we are doing that. So ghosty, um, yeah. But remember, actually, like Watanuki over um, over Nori is the one that I sort of gave as like my upset peak. You know, I, I stated it exp- specifically explicitly. Uh, but uh, well, um, of course I don't. You know, it was st- he was still a huge underdog, and I think he was very much uh, he very much had a chance of winning this one. So can't really say I feel too bad about this. Um, also, I think that maybe uh, means that Watanuki should be able to play Kaliari next week, uh, and uh, that would make me very a very happy man because I'm actually traveling to to Italy tomorrow. So um, I, I would love to see him there. Hopefully he doesn't withdraw. And of course, if he beat Nori, then he probably would have uh, been forced to even. And uh, when it comes to, do I think Jean can beat Nori? Um, in general, with Jean Jean, you know, on a on a pure like ball striking level, I think he can beat anyone in this draw. But when it comes to like the mental side of the game and um, the, the sort of things that can be polished up with experience, like I don't know, shot make, shot selection, rally tolerance, you know, these things are not too strong with, with him. Of course, he's had also when it comes to like the mental things, he's had so many losses from match points up and etc. And uh, I mean. Um, in that sense, I don't know if he can do it, but um, just yeah, on a, on a pure ball striking level, purely tennis, to me, he he really could. I don't know, win two two or two two more rounds here or something like that. But yeah, uh, of course, he hasn't had the best of years, and even that match against Shapovalov was kind of imperfect today. But it was fun to see that um, Shapovalov didn't really stand out like in any in any real way. Of course, he is a like a more yeah. fluid mover, I would say. But they actually have like pretty similar issues. They are really excellent ball strikers, but they cannot play. Like they 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 don't know how to play. They they literally don't know how to play. <laughs> and of course, Shapovalov was uh, four to um, four to thirty love up on serve in the third set. Yeah, I wouldn't say he exactly blew that game because well, there were a couple of unforced errors, but also a couple of just massive winners from Zhang. Uh, but the tiebreaker was just absolutely dire from the Canadian. The, the third set tiebreaker, of course, not the opening one, which he won. Um, like Zhang did not have to do anything to win that first set tiebreaker. So um, still a fine run for for the Chinese, who I think never had an ATP thousand win before this uh, before this week. So um, still massive for him, and he's gonna play Nori. I I really think he he could be able to do it, but I I can't say I trust him mentally you know he he's just had so many of these um kind you know weaker losses where you 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 feel that tennis wise he can really hang with the guy but in the end it doesn't really look like that and i guess there's also the elephant in the room uh the match that actually finished like an hour ago team Tsitsipas. you you said i think mario on twitter i think i saw it that um you were invited for a pizza somewhere today and you just declined because yeah reality is that i didn't want to go for the pizza (laughs) that was (laughs) (laughs) no mario Mario admits to lying on twitter um here no i i am kidding um (laughs) yeah i mean i i i like team stannis and uh i I was here uh, to um, 
to watch something good today and the inconsistency is still clear there because there's a huge inconsistency in in his level at, at least in in my opinion even today it was um but um i mean Tsitsipas uh, has served really really well today and despite this um team has been able to 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 have a, to have a fight and to um to find his forehand even if uh, he has lost uh, that shot in some parts of the match um i would say that uh, overall uh, we have to say that of course it's been an encouraging uh, match for him overall uh, we can we can be here uh, a lot of time uh, talking about uh, all the things that still don't work as they should but uh, i think that it must be said that it's it's an encouraging performance in my opinion yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, I think what you said, you know, about Tsitsipas serving really, really well, like that's even an understatement. Like that was just insane. You know, he was making over 80% yeah. of his first serves throughout the match. I think in the, in the first set, it was a little lower down, but 55. in the second set, yeah, in the second, he obviously didn't miss even one, which I, you know, I um, the only example that I have in my mind was Fuchovic last year against Hanfman, maybe it was in, in a challenger in Bratislava. I think it was actually more first serves than Tsitsipas had here, like 23 or something like that. But, you know, it's extremely rare. This is the sort of stat where if you see it, you're going to check in some other source whether it's actually true. Because, well, um, you know, it can't be at first, you, you're going to think. And I think in that way, because Tsitsipas was just, um, yeah, serving insanely well, one of the, probably one of like the top five serving performances he's ever had or something like this in many metrics, both first serve points one and also, you know, making these first serves and not taking anything out of them. Because of course you can make a lot of first serves if you um, go safe at it and he wasn't. So um, in that sense, I think team was always kind of trying to like cheat destiny and um you know he, he was never really going to win that match it seemed after the you know after the second set and yet he kept himself in there he of course came like two points away right so uh in theory he he didn't have a chance with Tsitsipas serving like that but he still was so close and yeah yeah it's it's definitely um like there ghosty said that was just a glimpse of what he used to be but it was definitely the most real glimpse the most graspable the most palpable a glimpse that we've seen the past couple of months so still yeah, pretty of course. i i remember um... like if it was yesterday uh the match he played last year against Andy Barre, and it's a total different player uh today uh and of course the biggest uh, the biggest news for him is that Tsitsipas won 7-5 sorry in, in the deciding set tiebreak and if i had to rate his performance i still say that it's been a good performance uh, overall from Tsitsipas. Um, yeah, he had quite a, a, quite a slow start, but he could have broke back uh, immediately in the first set. And, and after that, it's been a good performance, in my opinion, about, about Tsitsipas. And, um, which I was also interested to see because I, I wanted to see how Tsitsipas was uh was like um 
first of all in this event because he had um he had some some good years because he had the final and semi-final but he also had some disappointing campaigns here uh, and i i think that he looked uh, he looked bright today yeah at, at least uh you know at least it was worth it not going for the pizza because well if the match was like six to six two right in an hour then if it um... was six to six two i would have gone to the pizza because he, i would ah, have had okay. time to go probably i think <laughs> okay then that was actually a pretty like you, you hedged a bit you, you you actually had a chance to you know just backtrack on it so okay it wasn't as risky as it seems and yeah, yeah Tsitsipas yeah. right now it seems like he has a very good draw to to go deep as well um, he plays Baez, then Safiulin or Zapata Miralesh. The only other seed in his quarter is yeah, Francis Zapa- Zapata Miralesh is on fire. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm kidding. I, I was um, kidding about the the shirtless celebration. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about <laughs> it. Yeah, I actually thought that Evans was gonna beat him, and especially when it turned out that they're gonna play under the under closed roof under a closed roof, I was like, oh, okay, that's even better for Evans. And apparently Zapata Miralesh crashed him, but I did not watch that much, so um, no, I can't really speak about it. Honestly. Yeah, and um, slowly, I guess, we are coming uh, coming to the end of the show. We have talked about like the every single section of the draw because we had this uh, incredible success with the... Um, a couple of days ago, I had this incredible success with the sort of upset peak uh, that I had with Watanuki over Nori. Maybe let's let's um, let's. I, I'm gonna ask you about this. What's sort of your upset pick for for the third round? For if you're like looking at all the third round matches, what's the okay. um, what's the yeah, one where you yeah. think the biggest upset is possible? Mm, where will biggest, you call it? Biggest possible upset. You yeah, like uh, I don't you... know. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to. Um... I think it can happen, and. Uh... Yeah, let's I, say like so, the, the upset is like I don't know at least forty percent or something like this. I don't know. I don't know how to give the um, rules for this, right? How to establish the, the the rules? I don't know if I have to make a safe choice or not. Um, no, go go bold, go bold. You, according to Ghosty, you've already said that Shevchenko was going to win twenty three Grand Slams, so <laughs> you can go bold. You can go bold. Um... Okay. No. Okay. I I'm giving Zhang a chance against Nori. Okay. Mm, I think that if he if he's able to find a, a, a nice day at the office, like they say, uh, he can have the the shot making to uh, to make something against Cameron Nori in the following round. Because I was also I was also um, saying about Karatsev. Uh, who could beat Deminor, in my opinion, but I I wouldn't call that a bold prediction. So I I, I switched <laughs> because I mean ranking wise and considering the season, yeah, but um, it it wouldn't shock me at all uh, if Karatsev uh, can beat uh, can beat Deminor in the third round. Um and yeah there are some some matches we we've talking we talk about Ga- Garin of course um and yeah that's it that's my pick 
Um, no, I, I totally agree with Karatsev. Like, um, it, okay, let's say that's a bit too safe. So my upset pick for the round would be yeah. Pedro Kachin to beat Francis Tiafo. That's um, okay. Yeah, I think I think he can do it actually. Uh, he, of course, he hasn't had the best start of the you know to his 2003 campaign, uh, 2023. I also think he's not going to be like a relevant main tour force for years. I, I don't think he will. But uh, he seems to really enjoy playing at altitude, um, and especially you know he was the runner-up in Madrid a couple of weeks back at the Challenger. And uh, yeah, I just feel like he ha- he has this very basic, simple sort of tennis with you know a, a very decent serve, a very underrated serve, and then just going for his ground strokes. And I think in these conditions, um, this sort of basic style, but executing it well, it can really work out for him. And you know, it definitely the couple of uh, the past couple of weeks, he has been better than before. Yeah, I, I think I know. Um, I think I know what you. Oh no, actually, you, you've you've read both comments now. Okay. <laughs> I only, I've read only this one. one. <laughs> yeah, this one. I'm not really sure what to um, what to say, uh, Nurlan. <laughs> Who would you date between the girl versions of Kyrgyz and Kokinakis? Like not taking looks into consideration because I'm not sure yeah. how to, you know, how it would translate to to them. I would definitely definitely choose Tanasi just because he's like easier to, you know, I don't want to say control <laughs> because I'm not control. I don't want to control my. Uh, girlfriend in this sense but um yeah he's he's just uh, way more predictable and just way nicer and i think that's why i would choose kokinakis <laughs> probably same <laughs> i agree right and then 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 there was also some long comments yeah which, yeah. Um, yeah i put it yeah. already but then i i left it because uh, i you i couldn't see you then while you were talking <laughs> okay there, there was a bit of a rumor actually recently that shevchenko would change nationality but um you know for now it's nothing there actually um the, 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 that rumor was um sort of um put into uh, thrown into thrown out into the air let's say on a on a russian youtube channel which like they they travel um with some players and uh, you know to tournaments and they record like interviews vlogs and etc i haven't watched the episode but someone sent me uh sent me that and said that shevchenko could be switching nationalities soon but you know for now we haven't really heard anything about this so um i'm just thinking if he could become the president of the european union simply because as a russian it it's probably going to be quite hard yeah let's um, let's first <laughs> say how 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 long it we he will uh, he will date potapova <laughs> and then yeah max uh, turned on at, at exactly the right time to, uh, to to answer the most important question of the day from from nurlan who would you date between the girl versions guys of please Oh, and Ghosty says this. Yeah, Ghosty, I guess I guess I understand this because you you like Sabalenka as well, right? And Collins, and uh, you like the untamable ones. Anyway, um, let's maybe um, stop there. Um, yeah, I guess we've exactly. We talked about everything, right? Like um, nothing really I... changes in who we think is going to win the tournament. Like maybe if you were to say who's the most likely to reach the final from the bottom half, then. Because as we both think that Alcaraz is um, is probably going to be the winner, maybe Rune if he gets to the if he gets to the semis. Who do you think is the most likely to to reach the final from the bottom half? Maybe, maybe. that's the I'm, last question. I'm watching the, the the draw, and I have to be. F- I think City Pass has a nice draw. To be honest, yeah, it's a safe option, right? But it's if he, it he, it's obvious. a safe op- option, and he, 
he's not going to serve like today, but he he serves quite well uh, in his matches. And I think that he can he can reach this final. Um, I um, let's imagine Medvedev having a good run. Um, you're you're asking me if I can see him beating Tsitsipas on clay. Probably not. Um, for example, uh, Tsitsipas serving uh, serving well. I I can see him creating a lot of damage to Medvedev on this court. Um, yeah, we can have some some nice stories in this uh, in this section uh, in this is not not section sorry in this half of the draw of the bottom half. Yeah, but again, I yeah, I I'm probably picking uh, pass to 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 reach the final. Uh, I think that Alcaraz has, has a way more difficult half, of course. Uh, not, not I think it's it's that uh, I I don't admit reply uh, to this uh, because we are mentioning uh, uh, players such as uh, uh, Rublev, uh, Rune, uh, but also players like Dimitrov, Kachanov, Zverev are are tests are are nice players are. Are tough players to to face, and I think that he Tsitsipas is going to reach the final. I like to make bold prediction, but I I'm not like that today <laughs> regarding this question. Yeah, I mean sometimes I like to go bold as well, but you also gotta be true to yourself. And I, I would also for now go with the safe option, especially as you know the some some parts of this bottom half of the draw have already kind kind of blown up. And they're very close to blowing up even more. Like imagine, I don't know, a Garin, Zhang, Karatsev, Shevchenko, um, you know, fourth round, uh, sort of small, small. You're dreaming that. Yeah, like if if that happens, for example, it's 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 not that far from happening. So yeah, definitely exciting times. Still a lot of freshness left, which uh, I do enjoy. I, I I keep complaining if you know the the semifinals are like I don't know. Oh, Karas Runa, I wouldn't be complaining about. We still haven't seen enough of that matchup. But if it's like Tsitsipas Medvedev, I'm going to complain. But if it's, um, you know, for now, there's still so much freshness left. And, <laughs> uh, well, let's let's maybe um, let's maybe stick, uh, finish with that then. Um, any any closing thoughts? No, I think I'm okay with it. I don't know you if you have some some other. Probably not. Um, thanks, guys, for being active in the chat as always. Um, of course, if you if you want to watch the you know if you missed some parts, yeah, of the I stream, I want to to uh, to thank Gossi to have spread uh, fake news about me uh, <laughs> in, in this channel, <laughs> but <laughs> I I like this. <laughs> Yeah, of course. It it makes it more fun. And um yeah, thanks guys. Um if you if you missed some part of the stream, of course, it will be available available for you watch on the channel. And we're gonna meet you guys in a in a week to talk about um Madrid. And um that's probably gonna be yeah, that that definitely will be on Sunday uh, after the um 
yeah, after so the final I, is done in the evening because the final will be yeah will after be late. after the final after the final is done yeah and uh, make sure to tune in into Nick's uh, WTA review as well tomorrow yeah. um, I think it will be tomorrow but it, it should yeah be. tomorrow should um, be so tomorrow. yeah thanks guys again and thank see you. you thank you any all. other time Sports Social Podcast Network.